Welcome to the sermon podcast of Northridge Presbyterian Church in Dallas, Texas. I'm Betsy Sweetenberg, the pastor here, and I hope that in this podcast, you see what we seek to do week after week, approaching the stories of our faith with a holy curiosity, not shutting the book because the stories are hard or there are truths we'd rather ignore. Instead, approaching scripture, trusting that God will meet us there, full of grace and truth, teaching us something new about how we are to live in this world God so loves. Today, our scripture reading is one that personally I find hard to preach on. It is a passage that is very well known, often chosen for weddings, and it is about the many qualities of love. I believe that it is so easy to fall into the trap of sugary love cliches that society always markets, sometimes obnoxiously. These days, it seems like society has defined love through grand gestures elaborate marriage proposals, fancy vacations or cars, all these things. To me, it seems like society is marketing love as something that can be bought and sold, a commodity, a transaction. Society is telling us to measure love, our happiness and our self-worth according to society's made-up or arbitrary standards. It seems like society will only tell us that we will be loved if we're rich, successful, famous, if we try to live up to these impossible standards of what constitutes love. To me, this makes it seem like love is exclusive, quantifiable, and limited, something that can be given and taken away. I've spent a lot of time with this passage in the last few weeks, and I would like to offer a different definition of love than what society has led us to believe. Love is not exclusive, quantifiable, or limited, something that you can earn, something that can be given and then taken away. Instead, God is love. God's love is inclusive, communal, and boundless. It is not something that you can earn or something that can be given and then taken away. The good news is that even on our worst days, we get to remember who God is. God is our model for love, what love is and how we can love. Today's scripture passage is filled with lots of absolutes, gripping convictions, and stark truths. So as you listen today, I encourage you um, to, that every time you hear the word love, replace it with the word God and see what God has to teach you today. So let us pray. Pour out your Holy Spirit, O God, and prepare our hearts to accept your word and what you have to say to us today. Silence in us any voice but your own, that hearing we may also obey your will. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. And now a reading from 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 1 through 13. If I speak in the tongues of men or of angels, but do not love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all the mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have faith that can move mountains, but do not love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardships that I may boast, but do not love, 
I gain nothing. Love is patient, love is kind. It does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud. It does not dishonor others, it is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered, it keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. But when there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part, but when completeness comes, what is in part disappears. When I was a child, I talked like a child, I thought like a child, I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put the ways of childhood behind me. For now we see only a reflection as in a mirror, then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall, know, then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. And now these th three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. Friends, the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Once upon a time, there was a wise Zen master. People traveled from far away to seek his help. In return, he would teach them and teach them about the ways of enlightenment. On this particular day, a scholar came to visit the master for advice. I have come to ask you to teach me about Zen, the scholar said. Soon, it became obvious that the scholar was full of his own opinions and knowledge. He interrupted the master repeatedly with his own stories and failed to listen to what the master had to say. The master calmly suggested that they should have tea. So the master poured his guest a cup. The cup was filled, and yet he kept pouring until the cup overflowed onto the table, onto the floor, and finally onto the scholar's robes. The scholar cried, stop, can't you see? The cup is full already. Exactly, the Zen master said with a smile. You are like this cup, so full of ideas that nothing more will fit in. Come back to me when you have an empty cup. The truth is that we might all be like this scholar in the Buddhist proverb, so full of our opinions and ideas and knowledge that we may fail to listen to what others have to say or what God has to say. Like the scholar, we may have overflowing cups already, so full of ideas that nothing more will fit in. We may need to come back with an empty cup, an open heart, and a ready mind. Thanks to society, we may have a fixed idea about what love is, or what love should look like, or what it's supposed to look like. All of these mentalities can prevent us from truly understanding God's de definition of love and loving others fully, because love is not one thing. It's just not that simple. Being the language nerd that I am, I enjoyed translating the Greek word agape in this passage and discovered that it can mean love, charity, affection, goodwill, and benevolence. 
These translations of the Greek word agape illustrate God's definition of love and how love is all-encompassing and expansive. Love does not happen in a vacuum or happen because we followed a particular set of steps. Love happens because you actively choose to live a certain way every day. Every day you choose to love and put on love as a lifestyle. Love is a lifestyle that requires a constant series of actions, actions that require patience, kindness, rejoicing, protection, trust, hope, perseverance, and many more things. Love is a lifestyle where we get to trust in a God who is really loving. Love is a lifestyle where we really get to know God. Love is a lifestyle that requires us to empty ourselves. So if we really know love, we really know God, and therefore we can work on emptying ourselves and being open and trusting to a lifestyle of God and love, and we can begin to love in a similar way that God loves us. This is how we are made in the image of God. Just like the scholar was perplexed as to why the Zen master continued to fill his cup when it was already full and overflowing, we can get in our own way of truly experiencing and embracing God's love and therefore God, God's self. The Zen master reminds us, you are like this cup, so full of ideas that nothing more will fit in. Come back to me with an empty cup. In this scripture passage, Paul gives the Corinthians a new definition of love by reminding them of all the ways that they have been acting that are not out of love, acting in ways such as jealousy, boastfulness and arrogance, rude behavior, insisting on their ways, being irritable and resentful, and rejoicing in the wrong rather than in the truth. Similar to the Zen master, Paul asserts that the Corinthians have to empty themselves, empty themselves of these behaviors and these habits, empty themselves in order to be open and ready to love ourselves, our neighbors, and God fully in the way that God loves each of us. Being completely honest, I think emptying oneself is really hard work. Hard but necessary work, and work that we probably all struggle with, myself included. Hard but necessary work because it involves loving yourself, and I believe that is the hardest work of all. The hardest work of all because, I don't know about y'all, but I'm my biggest judge, my biggest critic. I'm always hardest on myself, and I bet I'm not the only one. But friends, I have good news. God wants us to love ourselves. God wants us to love ourselves no matter what. No matter what we have done, no matter what identity we hold. God wants us to love ourselves so we can love others in the way that God loves us. We have to love ourselves first before we, we can be open to God's love and accept it 
so we can love others in the way that God intended us to. This is good news indeed. More good news is that true love happens when you empty yourself. When you empty yourself so you can receive this true love. More good news is that we all deserve to be loved, each and every one of us, no matter what. More good news is that being loved and beloved is a command, a command to be loved, a command that calls us to empty ourselves so we have room to receive this love, this command, and act on it. In this first Corinthians passage, Paul claims that we love because even though we may struggle with accepting and acting on God's love, God loves us. Even though we may have to empty ourselves over and over again, God loves us. God loves us and encourages us to empty ourselves so we can be clothed in God's love and open to learning and changing and growing. Even more good news is that God loved us first and still loves each and every one of us, every day, no matter what. God meets us where we are, as we are, and calls us to do the same for members in our community. God loves us so much that God made us in God's image. So if we really know love, we really know God. If we embrace this and adopt God's love as a lifestyle, then we are committing ourselves to emptying ourselves and being open to receiving this amazing gift of God's love. We are committing to emptying our overflowing cups so we can refill them with God's grace-filled and merciful love and adopt God's love as a lifestyle choice. Friends, remember, we are all like the scholar in his teacup, so full of ideas that nothing more will fit in. Just like the Zen master encouraged the scholar to empty his cup, God calls us to empty our own cups and refill them with God's love. God calls us to keep refilling our cups over and over again, as many times as we need, as many times as we need to truly experience God's love. So I leave you with this question to ponder. How can we empty your cup today and be ready to experience God's love? Amen. Go out into God's world in peace. Have courage. Hold on to what is good. Return to no one evil for evil. Strengthen the faint-hearted. Support the weak. Help the suffering. Honor all persons. Love and serve the Lord, rejoicing in the power of the Holy Spirit. And as you go, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the power of the Spirit bless you and keep you this day and always, always. Amen.